It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. Today's news is about living with less electricity. Most folks don't take the time to consider that we've only had electric power for the last hundred years or so. Before the turn of this century, going back to the beginnings of mankind, there's no record of any past civilization that ever used electricity on a significant scale. A few Middle Eastern archaeological discoveries have suggested the possibility of some form of primitive storage battery, which would lead to the theory that electric power might have been used for something, perhaps ceremonial. But there certainly isn't evidence of ancient light bulbs, motors, wiring, pop-up toasters, or similar technology that would suggest anything like what we have today. So living without electricity has actually been normal for mankind throughout history. Today's luxuries that we take for granted, like television, home heating, air conditioning, kitchen appliances, and so much more, all require lots of electric power to build and then even more to operate. Unfortunately, lost in this wonderful world of comfort, we often confuse what we want with what we need. For example, when the cold winter hits and the temperatures plummet, you need to stay warm or you'll freeze to death. You might want the convenience of an electric heat pump whole house system, but a basic wood-burning stove is all you need, based on tens of thousands of years of experience. In the hot summer weather, you can see thousands of folks driving around with the windows up and air conditioning on because they want to stay cool and comfortable, while never even considering whether they needed to be driving around in the first place. There are loads of other examples every day where we confuse what we want with what we need, and it's this confusion that leads to the thinking that we need all the energy and electricity that we use. Now, there's nothing wrong with using electricity in and of itself, but wasting it on things we don't need has created most of our problems with pollution and the environment. Fortunately, there are practical alternatives to the most wasteful uses of electricity. Instead of an electric stove, cook with gas. Instead of an electric hot water heater, use solar panels or gas. Instead of a huge electric freezer. Use a super-insulated, well-designed unit that can run off propane, 12-volt power, or regular home power. Instead of designing your new home to simply plug into the grid, design with the sun in mind to get some free winter heat, free indoor lighting, and even free air conditioning for most of the summer. Instead of having your exposed plumbing pipes wrapped with hundreds of watts of heating tape to keep them from bursting in the winter, super insulate them or bury those lines to prevent freezing in all but the most sub-zero conditions. These approaches leave lots of electricity for things that really do need to operate with power, like computers, videos, stereos, communications, and just maybe. Most importantly, radio stations and CDs like the one you're listening to right now.
More information about living with less electricity is available from Back Home Magazine at 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. The news from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. Good morning. You are listening to your community spirit. Are you ready for the end of the world? Definitely. Listen to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And today is Friday, the 6th of November. Next Friday is Friday the 13th, so start preparing. <laughs> yes, get ready now for yeah. all the good luck you'll have next week. Um, Yesterday was National Men Make Dinner Day. <laughs> so if anybody didn't make dinner, <laughs> you have a chance to make up for it, because today is make up for the dinner that... No, it's not. <laughs> um. Today is saxophone day, so if you know how to play the saxophone, you might make up for not being able to make dinner yesterday. It is National Medical Science Liaison Awareness Day. Hmm. You thought that was a long day. Today is UN International Day for Preventing the Exploitation of the Environment in War and Armed Conflict Day. Yes. Wow. That's a long day, but a very important day. That I should say so. So if we ruin the planet while we're trying to kill each other, that's two things that have gone very wrong. <laughs> okay, so some more... Uh, weird days. Weird days. <laughs> uh, Saturday is Republican Elephant Day. Uh, it's also uh, Sadie Hawkins Day. You think they balance each other out? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Sunday is uh, uh, Abbott and Aid Punsters Day. Oh, oh. about an aid punsters day. So I, I am a big fan of puns, so I'm going to celebrate that day in some way. <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a cook, so the next one is cook something poignant and bold day. <laughs> so I'm I am going to a pot like that day, so what should I make? Something fall and something bold and something point <laughs> pungent. Poignant. Yes, pungent. Pungent, <laughs> pungent and poignant. <laughs> so uh, it's also National Parents as Teachers Day. So if you're a parent, maybe you can uh, teach your children to cook something bold and pungent. <laughs> and how to pronounce pungent instead of poignant. <laughs> X-ray Discovery Day, that's on Sunday also. So those are a few holidays coming up yes. or here. Today is Saxophone Day. No, that's not... <laughs> what is that? That's probably um, a clarinet. <laughs> Today, from 3 to 5 o'clock, is International Coffee Hour, which 
I always get mad when they read this because it says International Coffee Hour and it's two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Every Friday when school's in session from 3 to 5 in the Northwest Annex Building B, that's the International Student Building, mixed with students from all over the world and people from all over the world, be an international person. (laughs) Yes. And uh, speaking of international, another happening tonight the uh, Rice and Spice Dinners. Uh, Friday's Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner features Cambodian with the, with the Rotaract. Uh, that's coming up tonight. Or Oh, was that, uh, was that last no, week's no, dinner? No, it's tonight. That's tonight. It's <laughs> just got the date wrong. <laughs> so it's uh, at 6 to 9 p.m. tonight at the Gaia House Interfaith Center, and all are welcome. Uh, today happens to be Friday, and that means free film Fridays at the Big Muddy IMC. November's theme is the high cost of war. Today, November 6th, is the fog of war, 11 lessons from life. Directed by Errol Morris is a documentary about the life and times of former U.S. Secretary of Defense Robert S. McNamara. Uh, McNamara. (laughs) See, I'm not, uh, what is it, Irish? (laughs) Or I just can't read. I mean, one of the two including his time as the Secretary of State during the Vietnam War. It won the 2003 Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature and Independent Spirit Award for the Best Documentary Feature. The film was loosely based on 11 lessons that are laid out by McNamara as the lessons that were learned from the Vietnam War. So this, And there's usually a nice discussion after the film, so mm. it should be intense discussion after this film uh, yeah after hearing him talk about the lessons he's learned we can talk about the lessons we've learned yeah <laughs> so are you guys enjoying um fall yes <laughs> i know i'm enjoying fall yeah. hopefully you are too um not falling down but the fall season autumn yeah there you go autumn i like autumn much better <laughs> than fall it's like um is there another name for other seasons or is that the only one that has... That's the main one that has two names. Yeah, it's like... Well, I'm sure they all have more than one name, but... Yeah, like, in other languages especially. <laughs> right, yeah, or different cultures. Yeah, in English, though, I think that's the only one. Um, really. Farmer's Market is still on um, through the end of this month. There's mostly, you know, root crops and um, pumpkins and squashes. But, see, you can stock up on those, and they're good for months at a time. So... Get yourself a lot of good veggies. There's only, what, three weeks, probably, left of the farmer's market. So get some fresh veggies from, well, the farmer. <laughs> yes. And uh, let's see, other happenings. We've got, uh, this is happening at its news because Habitat for Humanity is working on a new house. Uh Tomorrow, they'll be clearing off the property for the new home that they'll be working on. The address is 406 East Burke Street in Carbondale. And that's, I think, like about three or four blocks north of here. Yeah, it's pretty close to the radio station. Yeah, I mean, it's... So, maybe we will wander over there. um, Well, I was going to say after our radio show. (laughs) This is on Saturday. Yeah, this is on Saturday. (laughs) So, when we're up Saturday. And they're starting at 8.30 a.m. and working for about three hours. So you've got that extra half hour to uh, sleep in, and then you can go and check that out. Yeah, go to the farmer's market, then go help at Habitat for Humanity. You want to go to the farmer's market early because all the good stuff's gone, really. 
quickly. So go to the mm-hmm. farmer's market, go help at Habitat for Humanity, and then from noon until 1 p.m., the Vigil for Peace. That's every Saturday at the corner of Maine and Illinois downtown in Carbondale. <laughs> so that has been going on for quite a few years. The idea of, well, promoting peace, it's the season. Yes, it's always the season for peace. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like the official holiday peace season. <laughs> yes, it's right? starting right now. Yeah, it's pretty much, <laughs> there's a season of Thanksgiving and the season of peace. That's now, I mean... And don't fall down in your um, peace vigiling, (laughs) (laughs) bringing peace to the people. (laughs) And we usually get these happenings in temporal order, but uh, I'm going to jump back in time a little bit (laughs) because I've missed out on one. It's um, It's an event called Women of Choice. Uh, the Women's Center is celebrating 37 years of providing services to Southern Illinois. 37 Ta- years. Yes, 37 years. I mean, there's a lot of places that still don't have a place like the Women's Center. And here in Carbondale, 37 years ago, uh, they got together and they said, we've got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to celebrate this and to help commemorate the anniversary and raise funds for the organization, uh, SIU theater professor David Rush will direct his own play, Women of Choice, uh, tonight at 7.30 p.m. at the Varsity Center for the Arts. Um, now, it's tickets have been going for this, so we're not sure if they still have any, but we do have the phone number for you. Um, for tickets, you can call Diane Hood at 618-303-5974. And for more information about the good work that the Women's Center does, you can visit www.thewomensctr.org. Native Voices, which is a radio show here on our favorite radio station, will be a co-host of a prayer ceremony to remember our Cherokee and other Native American ancestors who died during a period of ethnic cleansing by Andrew Jackson. About 16,000 Native Americans were detained and then forced out of the southeastern U.S. when gold was found in Cherokee property in 1829. Do you know that? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't want to put you on the spot there. But, <laughs> um, shelter f- number five in the Trail of Tears Park is reserved this Saturday, November 7th. There will be an afternoon prayer ceremony beginning at 4 p.m. Drums and flute are allowed after the ceremony ends, and you can bring items for potluck and for grilling. So... It's a chance to do like a healing ceremony for the people who have died. So, I like this next one. Okay, yes, the next one, uh, The Art of Letting Go from a Buddhist Perspective. Uh, That's coming up this Sunday, November 8th, from 2.30 to 3.45. The Venerable Chang Hua, director of the uh, Chan Meditation Center of New York, will be delivering a lecture at the Guy House Interfaith Center. That's uh, 913 South Illinois Avenue here in Carbondale. And this is sponsored by the Sunyata Buddhist Center. Have you seen that, the Sunyata uh, Buddhist Center inside the Guy House? They have a meditation room in there that's open to the public pretty much all the time. I don't think they ever lock it. I mean, 
um, well, if the building's locked. Yeah, if the building's closed, but if it, the building's open, then you can go and meditate there. Yeah, it's a very, very peaceful. I've been in there three times, and um, it was energizing. I mean, usually when I think of meditation, I think of falling asleep. <laughs> but this was like energizing meditation. Yeah. I, you know, so. It's um, good stuff. We've got a lot of happenings. Let's see if we can get through them and get to the news. The Southern Illinois Quakers offer to the public a video and discussion about theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Can you believe I I can pronounce that and I couldn't pronounce McNamara? (laughs) Um, Well, I might not be pronouncing it right. (laughs) Um, Bonhoeffer is a pastor, a pacifist, and a Nazi resistor. This is next Tuesday, November 10th from 7 to 10 p.m., at the Dave Columba Memorial Library in Gaia House. Mm-hmm. All right, and in other happenings, the Tremendous Exhibition uh, coming up uh, today from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, the first, second, and third place prizes will be awarded to a selection of the many pieces of woodwork, poetry, and prayers that are on display all this month in the SIUC Art Museum. That's at Fainer Hall North. The various pieces convey the effects of the May 8th, uh, they call it the May 8th derecho. I still call it an inland hurricane. Yeah. I mean, Uh, this is, I mean, I haven't got a chance to see this. I'm going to have to go there today because today's the last day. Yeah. But I mean, um, I remember thinking right after that, seeing like different people's personal pictures. I was just like, imagine if they did an art show about this storm. (laughs) Yeah. Or just put up people's pictures. (laughs) It would be so intense and moving and just fun and interesting. And here they've done it. Yeah. And they imagine it and they made it happen. Yeah, well, I imagine it. They, nah. <laughs> <laughs> they've had your mind. <laughs> now, I didn't really tell anybody, but I thought it would be a good idea. So, <laughs> All right. Celebrating Peace and Mother Earth, an evening of music featuring two wonderful acoustic folk groups, February Sky and the Parsley and Sagebrush Band will take place on Saturday evening, November 7th, at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. From 5.30 to 7, a salad and pasta dinner will be served, and then from 7 to 9.30, the bands will play music celebrating peace and Mother Earth. They go together pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so we've got something on the vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner. Ooh, that's uh, a big one. <laughs> yes. The dinner is coming up November 19th, uh, but you can help plan the vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, it's a legendary dinner, and you can be a part of the legend. <laughs> you can come to the Gaia House ISO meeting next Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. at the Gaia House Interfaith Center, and you'll be able to help with the planning of that. And then you can show up on the 19th for the dinner itself. Yeah, there's usually a couple hundred people who come to the dinner. The dinner's, what, the 19th? Oh, yeah, the 19th. Yeah. So, Sierra Group's, Shining Group Sierra Club is having a presentation, Bird Migration in Southern Illinois. That's next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. with biologist John, I'm going to mess it up. I'm Hmm. not even going to try it. It's probably John Schwagman's. I think it's more Jewish. Schwagman's. <laughs> Schwagman's. <laughs> Why am I so bad at saying people's names? I am so sorry, sir. Um, P- 
pictures and narration. This is going to be a very nice presentation about, I mean, did you know that we have one of the most unique climates in America? Huh. Yeah, we, we do. like five ecosystems that come all together here. Huh. And we have more diverse plants and animals. Part of it is the migration route, but part of it is the very unique ecosystem huh. we have here. So Yes, we are the nexus. <laughs> <laughs> um Next Thursday at the Carbondale Township Meeting Room, which is 217 East Main Street, and use the back door off the parking lot. Refreshments and social time provided, free and open to the public. <laughs> Should so. be a good time. <laughs> so here we go. Here's uh, a happening School of the Americas watch. They will be converging on Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, November 20th to 22nd. Uh, the campaign to close the School of the Americas... Uh, uh, the new acronym, I think, is Western Hemis Hemispheric Institute for Security Cooperation. <laughs> they, people kept criticizing the School of the Americas, so they tried to change the name, but uh, we still know what they do. Uh, they, and in case you don't know, uh, it's called the School of Tortures it, because they do, you know, they do training there for people who do, uh, you know, like guerrilla warfare against their own population what was one of the famous graduates was um what's his name osama bin laden <laughs> and the other one was uh manuel noriega so i mean we train these people to be torturers what's the other word <laughs> tourist there we go that's <laughs> tourist, the word yeah <laughs> That's the word you're looking for. But the, the movement around this has grown and expanded to include Latin American governments who have withdrawn their troops from training there. So some of the former people who sent troops to train there have said, okay, it's, it's not good to actually be domestic, you know, wage domestic war against our own people. So they're having a vigil and direct action about this at Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, November 20th to 22nd in uh, Columbus, Georgia, the home of Fort Benning, Anyone who is interested in traveling to Columbus to take part in the year's vigil is invited to contact Georgia Ann Hartzog at 521-4239. And she'll also have information on the details of all of that. And information about the action, workshop, and issues, and so on, is available at soaw.org. That's for School of America's Watch. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you've been paying attention... Sometimes. But <laughs> but it's getting caliente in here. Oh. Yeah. Negotiators take aim on the U.S. on day one of the Barcelona climate talks. Muy caliente. Yeah. The final round of negotiations prior to the Copenhagen Climate Summit kicked off Monday in Barcelona, Spain. Climate action set the scene with a thousand ringing alarm clocks that served as a literal wake-up call to the climate negotiators. It's 30 days, seven, well, about six and a half hours <laughs> to Copenhagen. If you want more information about this, go to ticktickick.org. That's T-C-K-T-C-K-T-C-K.org. Now, that wasn't me. That was the sucking sound you heard. The real reason why the climate bill is going to suck. The clean energy bill slogging through the U.S. Congress is far weaker than what's needed. There's every chance that 
it will A, get weaker still, and B, actually fail to pass in the end. The facts are widely acknowledged among progressives. What's less agreed upon is who or what is to blame. What's needed is for some Senate champions to actually stand up for a stronger bill. Similarly, many folks have traced the bill's failures back to Obama, saying he's been distracted by health care and insignificantly engaged. (laughs) The idea seems that the bill would be better off if those damn Democrats would actually try harder. (laughs) But the lack of vocal Democratic champi- champions for a stronger bill is still more effect than cause. The root of America's political dysfunction lies elsewhere and deserves far more attention, not only from the lefty activists, but from the Democrats themselves and the mainstream press. I got a new word for you. There's the extreme unified minority, right? But then there's the stupor majority. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid majority. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> which controls most everything, you know. It's literally, they don't even realize that they're controlling things in their um, stupor, but the stupor majority. <laughs> so, um, let's get down here. Right now, better a poke in the eye than a sharp stick. That's right. Poke your senators to find out where they stand on climate change. <laughs> There's... On the bill that's going through, the House climate bill has already passed. So all eyes are on the Senate. Will there be 60 yes votes for climate legislation, enough to overcome a filibuster? I mean, they introduced the bill on September 30th, and they've been debating it, like, back and forth ever Mm -hmm. since. So a quick breakdown of who's likely to support and oppose a climate bill are kind of it's it's pretty much we got 37 likely supporters 28 likely opponents and 35 undecided unknowns yeah so there's still a lot of mystery in the air yeah it's like so um i mean you do realize that the u.s never Basically, we're counting down 30 days to Copenhagen. Copenhagen is the pinnacle in a series of negotiations stretching back over two years on over how to create a legally binding agreement that brings the U.S. into the fold on the international response to climate change and simultaneously craft the next round of targets under the Kyoto Protocol. Now, since the U.S. failed to join the 1997 global treaty, the only industrialized nation to do so, mm-hmm. negotiations have proceeded under these two tracks to ensure that work will continue on emissions reductions among Kyoto signatories, while the world grapples on how to hold the U.S. That's right, the world is trying to figure out how to hold the U.S. accountable internationally, both on greenhouse gas reductions and financial commitments to assist developing nations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I live in the U.S. and I'm struggling to find ways to do that. So I can only imagine people in other countries are like, uh, "How do we get the U.S. to to work on this?" <laughs> I mean, there is actually some very high up big shots that are completely and totally um, uh, deniers. They're leading leading the denier brigade is um, <laughs> yeah. Senator James Inhofe. Was he's Inhofe? He's from Alaska, right? 
Yeah, Deniers with Attitude and Power. I like that title. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, they're literally completely in- against it. Just that human-induced climate change is a complete hoax. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I mean, Senator Inafi, he's the leading Republican on the Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works. So, that's yeah, like, whew, <laughs> he's up there. So... Yeah, and Senator Inafe and uh, Bob Stallman, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, uh, the nation's most potent agribusiness interest group, uh, they've been working together to uh, to assault this Senate climate bill. So there, and it's one thing, you know, I understand if people have disagreements about how to handle the situation, but there's still among those who are trying to uh, perpetuate the idea that human-induced climate change is a hoax entirely, you know. <clears throat> Not just that we have different ideas about how it's happening or when it's happening, but that it's make-believe. <laughs> well, I mean, even though he is head of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, they actually did pass, you know, he's v- vocally against it, but the Senate um, Environment and Public Works Committee actually passed the Kerry Boxer Climate Bill yesterday morning. So I want to leave everybody with a little hope. Huh. So. It actually came out of the Senate, you know, Environment Committee. And so now we're just waiting to see what the senators do to vote for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's it. Any ideas? <laughs> I think we gave you a whole list of happenings and we forgot one. It is nice and beautiful and there's lots of trees. <laughs> and have you ever did leaf Sledding, leaf sledding. Yeah, that sounds it, good. Yes, find a little hill, and there's tons of leaves now, and you have to find like a piece of plastic, like, and you just, I mean, you could if you're big belly like me, just go sliding on your belly down the hill. <laughs> but the idea is, you, I mean, if you have a big bulky coat or something, you just go sliding down the hills on the leaves. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yes. Get out there, get in the woods, have fun. Just because I said so. That's <laughs> right. See you again on the radio next week.